Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So hello wanderers, my wander brothers and sisters and siblings all out there in the wander world. It's David here, uh, sending you greetings from London and welcoming you to what I think you will find a very special special edition of Wonderful. Um, we've timed this, my producer Andrew is telling me. So hello Andrew, say hello. Hi David, hello everybody. That's Andrew, that's quite enough. Back in your box, back in your twinkling box of winking light. Off you go. Um, we are timing this to be broadcast, I like that idea, broadcast. We are broadcasting to the world on Earth Day and um, It's very fitting because uh, this edition uh, was recorded in the depths of nature. I should explain. I was, um, as I am not now, I'm sitting in the comfort of my house. But uh, for the last few weeks, I have been on a bit of a wander of my own. I have, you know, this phrase rewilding. Um, I uh, first heard it, I think, in the depths of COVID. I had a raging fever and I was reading a wonderful book by Isabella True, which I hugely recommend, a life changer for me, called Wilding. And it got me thinking about what would it be like to allow nature to do its regenerative thing, not just on our environment, but also internally. What would it be like to be a bit more wild inside? Let the, let, let, let the undergrowth grow and let, let nature take its course. And so when uh, there was the opportunity, I took myself off for five weeks around Europe mostly by train, partially by camper van. And the aim was to be in nature, not look at it, but be in it, be quiet, sit in it, connect with it. And I was helped very much in that by someone I'm about to introduce you to. Paul Valencia is a friend, dear friend, and a like me, has a strange job of experience design. But he's somebody who spent a lot of time in nature and is very good at helping townies like me connect with the essence of what's there. He, he, he conducts things that he calls sit spots, uh, which are deceptively simple, a bit like street wisdom. And certainly my experience of them during this trip uh, when I was with Paul were really um, nourishing. The other person uh, you are going to hear is the voice of is Valera Rosselli, who is a hero of mine. She is a tracker and uh, a wildlife expert and tracker. And she uh, is an expert on wolves and red deer and bear. And she hangs out in uh, an area of Italy, which is known as the wild heart of Italy by, by rewilding Europe. Um, that is called the Abruzzo, and it's near Rome, 
I mean, it's near geographically, but it couldn't be less like Rome, to be honest. It's a mountainous, volcanic, earthquake-ridden, but unbelievably beautiful and wild area where there are national parks. Um, and um, it was in the middle of one of them, on the top of a mountain called Monte Marsicano. How beautiful is that? That um, we made this little... Uh, podcast. What had happened was that uh, my friend Paul had heard that there was a refuge above the snow line um, and wouldn't it be a great idea to go and spend the night there. There's no electricity, there's no running water, there's no heating Um, but he said it'd be brilliant and uh, Valeria looked kind of doubtfully mostly at me um, and I said yeah it'd be great not meaning it at all but I wasn't going to back off and as my friend Paul says you know no ordeal, no transformation. So up we went in the dark without light so as not to disturb the wildlife and checked in to this, I guess, no star refuge, which was, which was more welcome than any four seasons I've ever stayed at, to be perfectly honest. Um, and over a tepid meal of yesterday's reheated pizza, which was delicious, um, I I happened to have my recorder with me and I thought, hey, this would be a good time to have a conversation, to ask these gifted, spirited, um, brilliant guides about their view of nature. What did rewilding mean for them? What is the power of tracking wild animals? What have they learned from their encounters in the wild? I found it absolutely fascinating and I thought you might enjoy it too. So I'm going to whisk you now with Andrew's help and thanks to the power of, uh, of, of the winking lights and, and the, the wonder of the internet and the, and the, and the laptop, I'm going to whisk you now from here, from the relative peace and quiet of North London to the top of a snowy, cold, blizzardy mountain in the central of Italy. Um, and, and, and we're going to drop into a conversation that we were having. You might hear in the background the sort of the... The, the 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 sound of a of a of a guttering gas lamp, and the and the and the chewing of of of, of elastic pizza, um, but I really hope you enjoyed it. It was it was an extraordinary uh, high point for me, literally and figuratively, and I and, and I hope you hope you feel the same. But let me let me ask you a question, guys, because it's cold and we've got to get to bed because otherwise we'll freeze to death. Tracking, tracking animals, tracking. I, I, something, it's a new idea to me. I know that people go and photograph animals and they obviously hunt animals and they like to do safaris and sort of like look at animals from a jeep. But this is completely different and amazing. What for you, Valeria? You're a tracker. I try to be. You try. <laughs> and what is it, what for you is... <laughs> Why, what excites you about tracking? Is uh, try to have the feeling. Yeah. To understand how walk and feel the animals that mm. you are tracking. Mm. With the tracking, you can feel better. You are in the same territory where the wildlife it is, mm. and you can feel much more their presence because you can read as a book yes. 
their behavior, yes. their moments in the daily, in the day, sorry, yes. walking with them and yes, have a, the feeling they are <coughs> close to you. Yeah. And if you do that one without disturb them, yeah. is uh, incredible and amazing yeah. because you can still find again them there in the place, in the same place, and maybe you can have much more revelation. Yeah. Yeah, revelation. Yeah. yeah. I must say, being in your company for the last couple of days, and also Paul, I must it's really fascinating to know what you, you know, what's your connection with trekking, but it's, it's so obvious. I had never thought about it there, but as you look at it, we've been, we've been in snow for the last few days, and you can see, even a townie like me can see, for example, the, the passage of, of, a, of, a, of a lepre, of a, of a hare. And suddenly, I was looking, I was imagining suddenly that the hare was there. You sort of could see its movement almost. I mean, and I, I, I clearly not trained it, but instead of being historical, it, you could almost see these animals in there. There was a moment you pointed out that a, that a deer had gone off the path had nibbled at some berries and then jumped ah, back yes. on the path. And so you could suddenly see the choreography. Paul, you're the first person that spoke to me about trekking. Tell me, what's your fascination? Well, I started working as, a, as an experienced designer, sort of similar to, to you know, your work mm -hmm. or some aspects of your work. And I have been... Um, creating a lot of different experiences but when I discovered tracking I was completely fascinated because when I was creating experiences usually I needed a lot of logistical stuff like a space different activities for people um, a story to tell and you know all, all the set and setting that one might think about to to create something that's powerful and hopefully changes or create an environment that changes people. But when I've discovered tracking, I realized that this art is so powerful that you don't need to, you don't need that much programming. You don't need to have a story other than the one that's in front of you. So you don't need to invent anything. Mm -hmm. And tracks are also everywhere mm -hmm. in cities, um, in you know in parks you can see them everywhere and um, the more I started getting deeper into it the more I started connecting with the wildlife or also with, with animals in general but then also like like you were saying you know when when Valeria pointed that the deer went off course because we see the track you start understanding also the relationship between the plants and the animals you start understanding the interconnectedness of everything. And um, I've been to many different experiences and some are more on the spiritual and transcendental side. But what I like about tracking is that it shows you how everything is interconnected and you can see it in front of you. So it's much easier for people to become self-aware and also understand how intertwined everything is by observing and seeing and noticing and I think another important part of what I love besides tracking is also combining tracking with sitting like the sit spot 
and trailing as well. So trailing is, is actually following the tracks until you find and discover the animal, which mm -hmm. is much harder to do because you need to be still and, you know, even holding your breath sometimes because if you breathe like hard, you know, Valeria, I think, has much more experience than I do. But, um, you know, hiding, you can climb up trees and just sit there for hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. and hours. And at one point you might see something if the wind doesn't blow towards the animal to smell you. So, I mean, it's, there's so much to, to say about this topic. I'm, mm. I'm going to stop here and, and, and let you continue uh, mm. guiding us. Uh, mm. <laughs> no, it's great. it's great to hear. I mean, sitting is something, uh, it's a bit of a revelation to me. I mean, this podcast is really about wandering. It's about uh, breaking the routine and not just marching from A to B, but giving yourself time to wander. What I haven't done before is giving myself time to sit. Mm. And actually with you two guys, um, I mean, we sat yesterday morning and, and sat in a valley and watched two wolves, wild wolves, who looked at us and we looked at them and they, they allowed us kind of, in a way, to, to, to be there. But I have to say the sitting is not, it isn't really like observing, it's more, it is more like communicating. It feels to me like you really, both with the wildlife and also with the I mean, you took us to the today. I, I was we were walking in that forest with with snow. I'd literally been dreaming during COVID. I kept thinking, I must go to the snow. I must go to the forest in the snow. And this was the place. I mean, it was unbelievably beautiful. Valeria, for you, you seem to spend a lot of time sitting. Mm -hmm. um, what's the <clears throat> pleasure for you in sitting? to watch animals and is there a time recently or was there a time you had an amazing experience when you were sitting at an encounter it seems, it seems you've had a lot you're you've kind of you've been doing this all your life in a way hmm. I have a different um, beautiful experience sitting in the, in a place in the forest uh, one was many years ago and I was sitting in a place try to hear the uh, hearing the woodpecker in spring season, so it was completely full of different uh, voice of with a different uh, smell because in spring season you have a different smell. The smell of the grass is amazing, also in the wood because the wind blows everything, mm -hmm. and was a beautiful discovered uh, group of uh, red deer, a female deer, and they were walking through the forest and they didn't discover me, they didn't see me, because I was sitting just in front of the trees, or better, with the trees, with the trees, and was so You were with the tree, I mean, you weren't, you yeah. were sort of part of the tree, yeah. you were a yes, tree. Yes, I was okay. sitting there, yeah. and so the trees makes on my body a little bit of camouflage, mm -hmm. and I didn't move for nothing, and was beautiful because the deer passed very close to me, and uh, I never heard before, because the sound that they made is uh, the rutting, mm -hmm. especially for the male. And we can hear during the love season or during the matting, matting season of deer. But I heard a very soft sound, so they were communicating to each other, and I was there. Mm -hmm. The two of them called the other one behind, 
with a very soft sound and they were very close to me. Mm. They didn't see me, mm. but I heard them and was uh, amazing because I was uh, with them without see, they, being seen. Yeah, being seen. And uh, I never heard this sound mm. because you can also hear if you are very close of them. Mm. So it was uh, strange because they had uh, a strange sound too. Mm. It was uh, like a dolphin in the sea, something mm. like that. Right. <laughs> and they tell each other something and they continue to walk. Uh, yeah. So I discovered the part of their life uh, for that moment. So it was a. Uh, is simple, but give to me a very big emotion. Was yeah. a very beautiful yeah. to be there. Uh, I had other special. For me, every moment is special. Yeah. The moment spent in nature is uh, special, with with me and with the surrounding. Uh, yes, yeah. is every day a, a new day, a new moment, a yeah. new emotion. Mm -hmm. Paul, you, one of the reasons we're here is because we were doing an event together and you showed me, uh, and you used a slide. This Slides are not normally associated with miraculous events, but this particular one <laughs> was, tell, tell, tell me about the slide, why you used it and what it means. So this, this, this particular slide was um, an eye of a wild bison. Um, so, I really wanted to show this slide to share a moment that that I also had in um, in Romania, and maybe tell the story and share the knowledge or the information that was transmitted to me by having that animal watch me in the eye, kind of maybe ten meters away, just come very close. Um, and the story is that, uh, you know, you have the buffalo in the USA and then when the continents, I mean, in, in North America, just to, to set it better, without yes. the United <laughs> States of America, sorry for that. Um, when the continents split, um, you know, this species transformed in two species. So you have the buffalo and you have the European bison, which they're, they're a bit different, but similar. And in Europe... Several decades ago, there were 40 bison left. Valeria, I guess you know this um, pretty much. And a hand of conservationists managed to take these bison, they're all in zoos, and try to, with great effort, try to help them reproduce. Um, the, the genetic, I think the genetic diversity was very low, so it's, it's a miracle that they managed to, to breed them. And with time, they managed to have quite good numbers, but they were all kept in reserves with fences. And in Romania, one it was one of the first projects to take them from a reserve and reintroduce them in the wild. And this is, you know, maybe we can also talk a bit about rewilding since we're at it. And that took a lot of effort to have this huge, huge animal or herd of animals or several in a landscape because the people it, it always starts with the people accepting the animal when it's reintroduced I mean bisons were roaming there 400 years ago huge herds and the first it was a lot of community work that WWF did in, the, in this landscape in, in Romania 
and then they reintroduced the bison in the wild. It was beautiful. There's there's footage from there. The, the village priest came and all the, the, the community came to watch the bison being released and created a ritual and a blessing. There were even people interviewed and said they thought that the bison is just a bigger cow, but they were completely touched and impressed when they actually saw saw them. Um, the biggest herbivore in, in Europe. So they, they reintroduced the bison and I think five or six years passed and WWF, I mean, this is the story of Georg, who is a tracker who learned tracking in, in South Africa. I think he spent several years there with um, an indigenous tracker and learned so much. And then he came to Europe and he discovered that there's no, no experiences like this, like sort of like tracking and close animal encounters. There's nothing like that in Europe where there's very little. And so he discovered this project, started living in this little village in Romania for two and a half years. He's German, I mean, half German, half South African, and, and speaks Romanian now. It's just fabulous. <laughs> so they called me in to kind of help them in my quality of an experience designer and how to create experiences for, for tourists. Because I, I specialized on psychological transformation. And I went there the first time and um, I was sort of like feeling like you. It was like a, a new world opening up to me. And I, I went there in my quality of a, an advisor, but actually I ended up learning so much. And I had an encounter, but this encounter that we had was completely by chance. When a bison comes close to you, you feel like it's an earthquake. So we saw, we saw it quite far. After looking for bison the whole day, we just went, okay, let's, let's go and look at the sunset. And then the bison just appeared behind us. But that was kind of the first time when we saw it. But, and then I came back. And I think the difference of just having a chance encounter with an animal versus tracking an animal to understand and trailing the animal... So we trailed the animal second time when I came back. So trail means you kind of follow it. You follow its track you, until you meet it. Exactly, Possibly. that's what's trailing. Possibly okay. meet it. So we did it over four days, mm -hmm. sleeping out. It was also my first sleep out, which means just sleeping out by the fire. And I was like terrified by it. But I was lucky enough to be in good company and kind of overcome the fear and get really deeply connected with nature. So after three days of trailing, we ended up being in the middle of the herd, 60 wild bison herd. And we sat there for several hours and I think they've seen us and they've accepted to be seen. But however, the being close to a herd, we were super close. Like the herd that we saw today, we saw it from distance, but we were, I don't know, there are bison all, all around us maybe. 30 meters, 40 meters distance. So we stayed there and we're just protected by a log. And basically if the herd would have been scared, we could have ended up being in a stampede. And one of them <laughs> came very close. He was very curious. So he came very, very close, about seven meters, and was just looking at us. And in that, in that gaze and in that, I made eye contact. I think, I guess Valeria can also talk about eye contact, but eye contact with a wild animal, I'm just getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it because it feels like being home, you know, finding the home that, that you've lost a long time ago. And, you know, I'm even getting a little bit teary now, but it's like, it's very hard to describe because 
it's it's an experience that we rarely do have or most people never have that experience in their life mm. especially with the decreasing number of wild animals as being super domesticated it's like you don't need you don't need anything else but that that gaze and you feel like you everything is being revealed to you and you don't know what that everything is but it's it's something very special i'm really curious on your take about this valeria after that moment, many things changed for me and I started going more and more in wilderness, ended up in Ecuador, Mexico, and so on. But I put that on a slide because I wanted to share how important these types of encounters are in terms of psychological transformation and in terms of getting in touch with, you know, David Abram. I really like this term of his, the more, more than human world um, yeah. and being nourished by otherness you know, other than human or, and I realized in my studies that talking about healing and people feeling safe, and I know you're also doing, you know, works with transformation here, people healing and overcoming trauma and um, having a rest and relaxed nervous system. I thought that's the end goal of transformation. But then I realized um, with studies that just the beginning, when you're calm and you're not tense, then you start seeing everything that's around you. But before you can't see it because you're stressed and you're tense. And you might even be walking by wild animals in a forest or by trees, but you can't see them because you're so tense inside yourself. So I realized that connecting deeper with this dimension and realm is actually what follows. And it's kind of the trajectory of transformation. And then through these types of encounters, you become sort of like the messenger of this other world towards the human world. So it becomes sort of a bridge like you, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a stick made bridge, but Valeria with her experience is a stone bridge and I feel it. <laughs> She's very, very strong bridge between the animal. She's or a mountain woman. A man mountain, yes. <laughs> between the more than human dimension and us humans who most of us live in sort of like the human village. So very, very good bridge. So yeah that's that's a little bit about that slide and i really felt the presence of everyone in that room being yeah. connected with with that gaze and especially you and that's i think that's the yeah, reason I mean, why we're having a podcast <laughs> now <laughs> yeah no just because i saw that slide and that, that bull looked at that that um bullseye no, that, that, that bison looked at me as well it was one of those things it looked at me and i didn't know what it meant but we then agreed to go off to look for bison and then thanks to geopolitical problems we deviated south instead of going to Romania and found <coughs> Valeria and wolves. And the wolves are incredible, fascinating animals. They fascinated me all the time and they have uh, always something to learn mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. from the wolves. Mm -hmm. They are something that can represent the wild wilderness the, if I can tell in Italian, because the sound is much more si. better, they can represent the natura selvaggia. Selvaggia, selvaggia. Everything yeah. is completely wild. Yeah. And uh, if you, I think if you, when and if you have education to see them, to live or to, to walk in a um, place where they are and share as as me, as us, as my friends, other town villages, share the same territory with them is um, 
how can tell is a um, really great great things yeah. is a very important so, because a privilege, privilege thank you because you can be part of their uh, surrounding their yeah. landscape yeah. so it's something of very uh, to be very proud and uh, when the people come here to try to have an, an experience like that one they can have the occasion to see them but the, the most important things that they try to transmit is to yeah to feel before their presence without see them and be, try to become a part of their um, ecosystem landscape and try to to feel the natura selvaggia or yes and if when you can complete everything with the seeing them in their normal behavior their behavior or in nature as we did is something that can complete uh, your experience that experience maybe can change your life in a positive way and can give you a lot because sometimes when you are in mountain you forget everything of your life and you, when you come back you are not a new person but yes you have something of you more and you can do maybe something more for yourself before and after for the nature when you never do you can learn the importance of the Natura selvaggia. Mm. <laughs> I like this yeah. Italian word for the wilderness, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered, you answered to your question. So welcome back from the selvaggia, the wildness of the Abruzzo to wherever you are now. And um, in case any of you are thinking, yeah, but, but how, do we, how do we connect with that feeling when we're not up a mountain? I know I was thinking about that. Um, my friend Paul has a great suggestion. You know the sit spots I mentioned at the beginning? That's a thing that any of us can do any of the time, anywhere. And what's interesting I've found is that when you're in a town, uh, nature is present. Uh, if, you, if you sit and you, and you look, you will see nature. The wind is nature, let's face it. The rain the, the, the soil beneath your feet, and there are creatures everywhere. So what I, I'm going to invite us to do is to go and do a sit spot. Now, I know this is wonderful, but this is wander to a place, and then uh, see if you can find time to sit quietly and not, as Paul puts it, don't tune out, but don't z- zone out, but tune in. So th- th- these are his five steps. Um, and you can adapt these for yourself. There's one, go outside. Well, we can all do that. Two, find a place in nature to sit down. And I say, um, city's natural too. Three, set up a timer. He recommends 30 minutes, but 10 minutes is a great starter. Then practice opening your senses is, is step four, to observe the aliveness around you, the aliveness around you. And then find tune in rather than zone out. So. Let's go in, 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 in true, wonderful tradition. Let's, let's build on the conversation that we just heard. Let's play with an idea, go have an experience for 10 minutes, and then let's get back and share, share notes. 
So off we go, go and find somewhere in nature. Find a place where you can sit down. So welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that sit spot. Um, it's a powerful technique. Who knew that the simplest things really work? Um, both Andrew and I were having a little chat while you were away. And I've got to confess, I, I, I didn't do a sit spot. But what I did was I talked a little bit about a sit spot that I'd done with Paul. So let me just share that briefly with you. It was the first one I'd done, actually, with him. And uh, we set the timer, in this case, for 20 minutes. And it was in a wood um, near, near where I live in Italy. Um, and it was great. I felt basically really happy to be there, including with my sitting on a slightly um, uncomfortable rock. That was all part of it. It was, it was nice to feel present. I'm here. And we did 20 minutes, and then I looked around, and Paul said, you had enough? I said, no, let's do another 20 minutes. 19 minutes into the 20 minutes, I heard a, the pattering of feet through uh, the leaves. And right up to me walked a fox, a wild fox. And I think it was a shot for both of us. We looked at each other. I was sitting very still. And... I can't quite define it, but it was different than any encounter I've ever had with any cre other creature in nature. There was a kind of, I don't know, mutual recognition. I'm here, you're there. And rather than scamper away, the fox continued on his uh, path, slightly increasing his pace. But there was a sense of, okay, you're here. Bit of a surprise, but we're sharing space in these woods. And I carried that with me. Every sit spot I've done since has had some surprise in store for me. And so I warmly welcome you to try that, try that exercise. You can find out more about Paul and his work, the College of Extraordinary Experiences, um, in the notes. And also, if you're interested in wildlife adventures, I can't recommend them enough um, in, the, in the wild heart of Italy, in, in Abruzzo. Um, we're veering the end. I can see Andrew wildly gesticulating at me, uh, drawing his hand across his throat, uh, which is this kind of way of saying uh, we are we need to wrap this up. Um, what can I tell you? Uh, coming down the mountain was very interesting uh, for me. The following morning, in fact, maybe, Andrew, we could run a little code, a little bonus feature. Maybe you can play a little bit of me coming down the mountain the following morning, because it turns out that going up was one thing, but coming down was really very interesting and, and actually in some ways much harder. I learned a lot. Um, and if you're interested, I, I noted down my thoughts into my directly into my iPhone and I scribbled them down and they're available if you want to have a look at them. Um, as a, You can download them as a PDF from a link that will be provided in the notes. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this special. Um, I'm glad we're putting it out on Earth Day. And whether you're listening to it on Earth Day or not, let's I think with bringing the kind of consciousness that, that we're talking about here, both in street wisdom and in this, these, these natural rewilding sit spots, I think between us, we can probably make 
everyday Earth Day. I think actually having an Earth consciousness should be something we should all be carrying with us all the time. Have bear that in mind um, and see you soon for the next official season of Wonderful, which is coming uh, your way very soon. Till then, have a wonderful, wonderful time. So it's the morning after the podcast. We work in our little refuge, our refugia, to find we were in a sort of whiteout. snow blowing in um, and a small mountain to descend um, this didn't fill me with huge joy because I've got a gr- sort of moaning grumbling knee and so that I was had a little sense of foreboding about descending in snow and slippery stones and grass and um, uh, I made some notes which I'll probably share with you but right now notes about what I learned from walking on uneven ground on a snowy mountain but for now I think I'll just concentrate on my feet. <laughs> you can find out more about these mindful walking techniques at streetwisdom.org, a global non-profit founded by David Pearl. Street Wisdom is an everyday creative practice you use as you walk to help you unblock your mind to find clarity and inspiration. Why not follow us at streetwisdom underscore for free guided in-person and online workshops. You got it. Walking workshops. You can also download our audio guides on Spotify. Just search for Street Wisdom. Happy wandering.